Hey friends, welcome back to the Catwalk. My name is Clark Cowden. I'm your host for this podcast, and I want to thank you for joining with me again for this week's message. This week we are celebrating the Christian holiday of Easter, the day we remember when Jesus came back to life again from the dead. It was a miracle that nobody expected to happen. Because of this, Easter brings hope to our lives. In our world today, it seems as if people are becoming more and more hopeless all the time. People keep wondering where there is that we can find hope and where that hope is actually real. Easter is the ultimate day of hope. And today we're looking at why we can be hopeful and what it means for us today. So I invite you to sit back and relax and reflect on this message. The Easter hope is real. Easter is the ultimate day of hope. There is no greater hope than the hope that you get when you trust your life to Jesus Christ and believe that he really did come back to life. The hope of Easter always stands in stark contrast to the world in which we live in, which seems to grow ever more hopeless with each passing day. The war in Ukraine seems to have taken us back to the Cold War days of 60 to 70 years ago. Some people thought we could trust Russia, dictators, and totalitarian states to respect other countries' sovereignty and borders. Those hopes have been dashed. Some people thought that inflation was a thing of the past, but today we're experiencing the highest rates of inflation in some 40 to 50 years. Some people thought we could make progress as a society where we could get along better with each other, but it seems like we're becoming more polarized and are moving farther apart from each other. The loss of cultural hope is palpable and growing. Sci-fi movies no longer provide us with optimistic scenarios of the future. Younger adults today are far less likely to marry or to have children or vote. And studies of Generation Z indicate that they are far more pessimistic about the future and about themselves than older generations. We used to believe in progress, that things would continually get better. Then we ran into World War II and the Holocaust. Following the war, Lord David Cecil said, the jargon of the philosophy of progress taught us to think that the savage and primitive state of man is behind us. But barbarism is not behind us. It is within us. C.E.M. Jode was an atheist professor of philosophy who became a Christian during World War II. He said, we used to believe if you put someone in the right environment, they would grow up into a healthy, cheerful, effective, balanced, 
fearless adult. But that view failed to prepare anyone for World War II. After the war, he said, this view of human goodness, reason, and progress has been rendered utterly implausible by the events of the last 40 years. He realized science did not improve human beings. It only improved our ability to get what we want. He went on to say, it is because we rejected the doctrine of original sin that we on the left were always being disappointed by the refusal of people to be reasonable, by the failures of true socialism to arrive, by the behavior of nations and politicians, and above all, by the recurrent fact of war. In short, the secular idea of progress assumed that the barriers to progress were outside of us when the biggest barriers to progress are actually inside of us. We hear people today talk about how we are on the right side of history and how the long arc of history bends towards justice, but it doesn't. Many people feel like we are regressing, not progressing. When you put all of these things together, it means our hope is fading. Unless. We have no hope unless there is a God who has promised to guide history not to an end, but to a new beginning to a world in which death and evil are finally and completely destroyed, where justice and peace reign supreme, and where the sign of this new beginning is the resurrection. One of the great passages in the Bible about the hope of Easter is 1 Corinthians 15. This passage shows us that the Easter hope is reasonable, uplifting, and life-changing. First of all, the Easter hope is reasonable. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 10 says, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter, and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. Paul is telling the Christians in Corinth that our Easter hope is reasonable. Christ died for our sins like the scriptures said he would. 
We know he rose from the dead because he appeared to Peter, then he appeared to the disciples, and then he appeared to a gathering of 500 people at the same time. When he wrote these words, many of those 500 were still living, and people could have gone and talked to them and heard them testify that yes, it really happened. In our courts of law today, we accept eyewitness testimony as evidence, as part of the factual record. When you have 500 people take the stand and all testify that something actually happened, it is reasonable to believe it is true. The resurrection really happened. This is formidable historical evidence that cannot be dismissed. N.T. Wright points out that faith in Jesus' resurrection is not blind belief that rejects history and science. Rather, faith in Jesus risen from the dead transcends but includes what we call history and what we call science. The resurrection of Christ includes powerful evidence from the empirical realm. And while it still requires faith, it does provide a highly reasonable, rational hope that there is a God who is going to renew the world. Our Easter hope is reasonable. Secondly, 1 Corinthians 15 also tells us that our Easter hope is uplifting. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 to 26 says, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. But since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ, the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. The hope of Easter is uplifting because Jesus has been lifted up from the dead. He was the very first person to be raised from the dead. Now everyone who believes in him and puts their faith and trust in him will be raised from the dead too. In verse 24, Paul says that what is uplifting is that Jesus will destroy the evil powers, authorities, and dominions of this world, and he will hand over the kingdom of God to the Father. What is uplifting is that Jesus is the pure, perfect, and good king who puts all enemies under his feet. And the last enemy he destroys is death. 
some in our secular culture do not believe in life after death. They do not believe in any existence after death and that our world will end in ultimate oblivion. In the end, they think we go on to nothing. But the Bible teaches us there will be a physical resurrection where our material world will be renewed and transformed. There will be new heavens and a new earth where justice dwells, where every tear is wiped away, where every relationship is good and healthy, where destruction is banished forever, and where the lion and the lamb lie down together. The Bible promises us the world we have always dreamed of, the world we have always hoped for, and the world we have always imagined. The hope of Easter is uplifting. And then thirdly, the hope of Easter is life-changing. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 57 says, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Easter means that one day all of us who believe in Jesus will be changed. It will happen in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye. We will move from our current perishable state to an imperishable state. We will all receive new bodies that will never get sick, never ache, never experience pain. Our new bodies will never get tired, never need to sleep, and never break down. Our new bodies will never experience death, for sin has been defeated, and the sting of death will be removed forever. And all of this happens because of the resurrection of Jesus. What is life-changing is that in the future kingdom of God, there will be no barbed wire, no bombs, no bullets. There will be no concentration camps or refugee camps. There will be no evil, no sin, and nothing that corrupts the perfect world. There will be no death, no mourning, no pain. There will be no widows, no war, no wounded. Our individual lives will be changed and made perfect. And the collective life of the whole world 
will be perfect too. N.T. Wright tells the story of a communist lecturer who was wrapping up his talk by saying, so there is no God. Jesus Christ never existed. There is no such thing as the Holy Spirit. The church is an oppressive institution. It is out of date. The future belongs to the state and the state is in the hands of the party. An old priest stood up and asked if he could say a few words. The speaker reluctantly agreed. The priest only said three words, Christ is risen. And everybody else in the room said, he is risen indeed. They were pushing back on the official rhetoric of the state. They had been saying these words every Easter for a thousand years. Why would they stop now? In a world that seems to be losing hope more and more by the day, Easter stands out in stark contrast. Easter disagrees with our world. Easter says, actually, there is more hope for our world than you can imagine. Our Easter hope is reasonable, uplifting, and life-changing. The difference is that this is a hope that doesn't depend on us. This is a hope that only depends on God. And nobody can stop God from doing what he wants. Without Easter, Calvary was just another political execution of a failed Messiah. Without Easter, the world is trapped between the shoulder shrug of the cynic the fantasy of the escapist, and the tanks of the tyrant. Without Easter, there is no reason to believe that good will triumph over evil, that love will win over hatred, or that life will win over death. But with Easter, everything changes. With Easter, we have hope, because hope became a human being died, and is now alive forevermore. Because of Easter, God will wipe away all our tears. Because of Easter, we have peace. Because of Easter, we have hope. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. God bless. Stay safe. See you soon.